imagine going into a game and you're like, I'm just going to get a beer. You go to the wrong bar and they, instead of a couple of Bud Lights, you get a vaccination. <laughs> I'd take that. Hello and welcome to our monthly off-season episode of Battery Mates. I am Matthew in London. I'm joined by Toby in Chicago. Toby, 17 days until pitchers and catchers report, allegedly, possibly COVID depending. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I had to look up how many days there were before pitchers and catchers reported. That's why, that's, you know something's wrong when, uh, or a lot of things are wrong when I'm uh, not aware of the actual numbers of day number of days. Usually, by the time I, it gets to this double digits, I'm I'm like on top of it. I had I had absolutely no idea at all. I just read it off the notes you sent me half an hour ago <laughs> for this podcast. I actually lo- I looked it up a, a few days ago when I was posting a photo of of Kitty and her new Nationals onesie, and uh, next to Nationals it just said uh, pitchers and catchers reporting TBA. Okay. So it's, it's TBA days until the National Pitch and Catch Report. I, for one, am getting excited. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm not sure what to what to think. I'm not. I'm both not excited for baseball reasons, and I'm also not excited for COVID reasons. And I just want yeah, this is well, we can get into it. But um, but you know, the, this is actually a breaking news episode. You know, you know that right? Um, <laughs> well, uh, the. This is recent news. I don't know about breaking, but um, Kurt Schilling will not be a Hall of Famer as of this year. <laughs> and I just feel like that is reason enough to get get on the old microphones to uh, record a new episode of Bad Remains. One day, like, all of the baseball writers are going to have to tweet out, you know, such and such news brackets first reported by Bad Remains. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're all really... That is like a real etiquette thing amongst baseball writers is to note who first reported it they are serious about that shit they really are um and they people get really ornery when you get it wrong um (laughs) (laughs) we don't don't have the word ornery in in british english it makes me laugh every time i hear it it's been several (laughs) years since i heard anyone say it it, it feels like the most british word that's not a british word not commonly used. I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with its work, okay. but I, I, <laughs> it's not commonly used, and um, it just uh, in fact it sounds very, very close to horny. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> whenever I hear anyone say it, it, makes me chuckle with the joy of an 11 year old hearing a dick joke for the first time. <laughs> I um my this is right off topic, but it is off season, so this is a yeah. unstructured episode. <laughs> my my oldest daughter is. Just, just discovered the the joy of saying the word poo a lot. <laughs> everything is everything is. What do you want for breakfast? Poo. <laughs> just, she's every song she learns, she changes the words to to be about poo. This just um, happened in our house. This little that phenomenon so just became a thing in our house. So weird. It's so strange. The thing is, I <laughs> I can't help but encourage it and join in. Oh yeah, it's funny. It's really funny, but it, obviously, it, you know, yeah. And it works. Kitty's getting baptism's her... coming up. I don't want her saying like <laughs> the word poo the whole way through the through the baptism. That would be awkward. 
<laughs> just like a you know Lord's Prayer. You can get that in, get poo in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we this is an unstructured uh, episode of Battery yeah. Mates. We're going to talk about the the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about uh, some of the off season moves. We're going to talk about a little bit about the new administration. And then look ahead to 2021. We're we're still we're roughly sticking to one a month at the moment, are we? Roughly. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think we'll we'll be back to more regular programming once the season starts. Maybe I don't know. Um, if there's stuff to talk about, I, I, you know, we'll see. Um, one a month. We'll see. I mean, I don't I don't know how eventful the Cleveland or or Washington seasons are going to be in this year coming up. Certainly not it, Cleveland. It, it does seem like equally. Uh, well, we can get into it. Uh, Probably not eventful. Probably not favored to win our divisions. Um, <laughs> let's put it Probably that way. Not. But we'll, we'll get to that. Let's talk about the the Hall of Fame yeah. and Kurt Schilling specifically. Um, it's, it's definitely my favorite um, uh, catastrophic defeat for the far right in America since Donald Trump's ejection from the White House. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a much closer election than um, than, than November twenty twenty. Uh, he he was. Um, he, he was he was a long way short and his 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 vote has not been moving at all but he did he did lead the pack mm-hmm. no one got into the hall of fame this year no one made the 75 percent threshold kurt schilling led the pack was 16 votes short yep. and do you see that 14 14 writers left their ballots blank entirely wow yeah yeah which i which i at first i was kind of like what why would you do that and then i realized it's because by putting in a blank um ballot you're increasing the threshold yeah yeah you're increasing the threshold uh so you, that they were those p- people were presumably deliberately trying to stop anyone from 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 getting in but yeah kurt Schilling um didn't didn't make it gain four votes on last time again thank you for these notes that i'm reading out that you put together uh <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't make it and then he had a massive cry yeah he he filled that diaper um it, it was <laughs> Honestly, like the thing about he got really close. He's he's incredibly close to making it. In fact, I think everybody thought going into this year he was a shoe in. He was only a handful of votes away. He was at seventy percent last year, and so the trajectory of people at that on that pace usually cross the threshold the next year. And so we were. I was really scared of the fact that he would be the only one selected or elected to the Hall of Fame, and so he would be. Yeah. given a platform in june <laughs> in cooperstown yeah. <laughs> uh by himself which would have been a whole lot of fun for everyone um but no he he then went he said he's, he initially said he wasn't, wasn't going to participate next year um he wanted his name removed from the ballot on his what would be his last year eligible on the ballot and said he wanted to leave it up to the veterans committee um with, uh, because these are the people who knew him best the players uh, his fellow players <laughs> Um, one sports writer, I, I was reading an account of this saying like, the only problem with that is everybody who ever played with Kurt Schilling seemed to think he was a fucking asshole. <laughs> um, at least some of the writers think he was really good. <laughs> um, so I don't know. And now the, the, of course the, the baseball writers association says we're not going to, uh, we're not going to take his name off the ballot cause that's not how this works. And, um, I don't know the whole time, like it, it, it does seem like a bad strategy when you are um, counting on reporters and baseball writers to vote for you to get you into this Hall of Fame. It seems like a bad strategy to wear T-shirts that say uh, to, to that 
hint that you would like uh, journalists to be lynched. <laughs> Does seem like a bad move. Um, and then, of course, he just was completely off the rails uh, the first in the final days of voting um, after the November election. In the, the while while writers were turning in their ballots, it, you know, like the final Hall of Fame ballots going in, and he was being a fucking nutcase on on uh, Twitter dot com. So it also bothers yeah. me that he's like. His Twitter handle is, like, named after Lou Gehrig. It's like, why does he get to do that? that is, I don't know. <laughs> Seems bizarre. I don't know. I, I also... They should, they, should have, they should have retired that username. <laughs> I, but honestly, I don't, I don't know what you think about this, but I really don't care about who's in the Hall of Fame anymore. I really... I just don't care. I mean... This, this is the thing. I, 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 could, I could probably... Given that I only came to baseball recently... <laughs> I could, I mean, I, I, I could probably, if push came to shove, I could probably name twenty players who are in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Probably. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really care who is in the Hall of Fame, but I do care that Kurt Schilling doesn't go in. Yeah. I do care. <laughs> I do, because the act of him going in says that baseball doesn't care about the issues that he's been so inflammatory right. and offensive about. This is. But I, there's not it's not a political thing. Most of the people in the Hall of Fame are probably Republicans. Most most of the current baseball players probably voted for Trump. But there is a there is a line, and it was a chance for baseball to say he's over the line. And yeah. you know, I, I didn't expect baseball to be able to manage to to uh, hold that line, but they did. And uh, occasionally, baseball doesn't bitterly disappoint. And <laughs> this was one of those occasions. I wonder if he regrets just not, not showing up on the sixth, um, in the to, to try to in, a, in an effort to try to save his uh, Hall of Fame vote. He didn't take part in the storming of the cap, Capitol. Um, I bet you he'd do that I'm differently. Surprised I'm surprised he hasn't said that. <laughs> I, I, I I steered clear of the insurrection to to mollify you motherfuckers, and you still didn't put me in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I bet he. I bet he's uh, contributed to some of the bail funds for those uh, maniacs. Uh, the one thing that um, is good about this whole situation is that you know we talked about on the podcast in the in the past um, Donald Trump's avid tweeting in favor of Pete Rose getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> literally dozens of tweets over the years. Um, I once went through a, a battery mate's. Uh, hour of just retweeting everything that Donald Trump had ever said about Pete Rose I think I cost us about 5% of our followers <laughs> but he can't he can't say anything about Kurt Schilling I'm sure he would want to if he was still on Twitter with his account That's right. um, but the fact that we don't have to there's just one data point of a range of reasons why it's great that Trump is not on Twitter anymore this is one of them it's low down the list but this is one of them it's it's low down the list, but it also is something that had not occurred to me and is also one of the reasons why I haven't thought about what Donald Trump thinks about Kurt Schilling not getting in the Hall of Fame. It never occurred to me. Like, I haven't... I don't... You know, I think a lot less about Donald Trump now because he's not on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, thanks to the Twitter gods um, uh, for, for making that happen, honestly. It's a very uh, good turn of events. That was... Um several years too late but, yeah um, we'll, take no, but it. we'll take it we'll take it yeah um speaking of uh turns of events <laughs> um so a lot of people asked me if we were going to have an emergency episode of uh battery mates when the cleveland baseball club traded 
Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco for um, players that I even could couldn't even rattle off all four names for you. Um, and the answer, just to answer all you, no, we didn't do an emergency episode uh, for that. Um, was not in the mood then. Honestly, not all that. One of the, I alluded to this earlier. I'm not all that excited about this season because this is a pretty. Um, it's it's just like not not really what you want to happen. <laughs> if I'm I'm just being completely um, uh, straightforward, I think that you, you know this is a pretty obvious signal that the run from 2015 on um, is over, and um, you know they they any efforts they were going to make to re-sign the one of the most exciting marketable players of my lifetime um is is not going to happen and so um i don't know i i thought a lot back to i was at spring training in 2015 before uh francisco lindor made his debut and i remember watching him take infield practice on the uh like minor league fields and just being like you know thinking back in the back of my head like he is going to be a cleveland baseball player for the foreseeable future like i and i did my the math on my hand i'm like if he comes up this year he'll be on the cleveland baseball club until you know the you know the very earliest he'll be gone is 2022 and um i would have been right um but uh but that's not how the economics of baseball work in cleveland uh you have to trade your uh best players and get something back uh for them uh before they leave and you get nothing back or you get compensated compensatory draft pick um anyway that's all to say it's a weird time for cleveland baseball um because you know frankie had a a down year last year and they still were uh a a very good team um had one of the best pitching staffs in baseball i i think they're on paper they they should be decent this year um but as you as you said earlier, Matthew, not necessarily lighting anything up. Um, probably not going to win ninety five games. But you know, could they be a five hundred team, eighty five wins, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I think the big question I have is what is the strategy for the Cleveland Baseball Club? Um, we're gonna. This is gonna be the last season, as we talked about last episode. This is the last season with the name Cleveland Indians, and so. I don't. I assume at some point during the season or in the off season there will be a rollout of what the next, what we're going to transition the team into. Um, I don't know if that's going to come with like other announcements, other other changes. Um, I, I would presume that the ownership group is is desperately looking for help. Um, uh, the our <clears throat> for people who are paying attention, our our, our team salary um, went from. I thought 135, 140 million in 2017 to this season before a couple of free agent signings this week, we were at 42 million. Um, and, uh, I think now it's going to be somewhere closer to 55, which is still very, very low. Um, 28th, 27th in baseball. And, uh, and I don't think that's going to change. I think that'll be where we are. Um, and of course they sign. So, you know, there's a strategy like, okay, so we have, um, we make these big trades, we get payroll off the, the books and, uh, you know, they still have the, the reigning American League Cy Young winner, 
uh, runner-up in the American League MVP. And what are you putting around them uh, beyond a bunch of kids? And I think there's there's a strategic argument or an argument that the strategy should be uh, we got to figure out what the kids are um, who are in AAA and we got to figure out what they're going to look like. So this is going to be the year we do that. But the front office hasn't said that. And, you know, it, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot more, it'd be different. We'd be able to process it more if, we, if that was the strategy. Like, look, we know this is going to be one year. It's down year. We're hoping 2022 will be right back on the, the horse and have some exciting youth movement uh, stuff going down. And, we have a lot of exciting prospects in the the double A single A. Um, anyway, I'm I'm how about kind of rambling, but you know, then they go and sign Cesar, resign Cesar Hernandez, and they went and signed Eddie Rosario, and so you now have some veterans back on the team. And I I don't know how to look at this. I mean, I look you know you, the the team is much more competent than they were and proven than they were you know a week and a half ago. But still not going to compete for the division championship, and I, I don't think. And you know, maybe you sneak into a wild card. I guess I, I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at a loss. I have one more thing, but if you do have any, uh, you you want to break it up? <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna I was just gonna suggest you put some sad music behind that <laughs> uh, in in post. <laughs> yeah, this is an atmospheric. I have Sarah McLaughlin teed up um, for you know, I will remember you <laughs> or in the arms of Angel. Um, the other th- one last thing. I, I'm, so I'm a partial season ticket holder and I've, I haven't complained about I, I've, I made myself uh, I made it clear that I, I like the um, changing of the name. I reached out to my ticket broker or whatever the person my point of contact with the team. Um, I haven't said anything about the, the budget or the payroll. Um, but I think my next point of contact, I'm going, so for the last two seasons, one of the most prominent advertisers on Cleveland radio, Cleveland baseball radio is mypillow.com. And in, in fact, the first season, maybe three years, the first season was happening. I didn't even know the guy was like a big lunatic. Um, but the last year, the last year or two I did, and I was, it was, it always unnerved me to hear um, the the voice of the Cleveland Baseball Club reading these ad reads for mypillow.com. Uh, and I, I just like, this is this has got to stop. Uh, and I feel like his picking part in the insurrection <laughs> and funding it um, maybe is the line where uh, if if the season starts and mypillow.com is part of the the repertoire here, I'm gonna have to to speak out uh, and maybe start a change.org petition. this isn't this isn't happening on my watch. <laughs> that is that is so different from the nationals uh radio the advertising the advertising on nationals radio is like mainly local random you know like a local union and a local like hardware store and whatever and the the one big like really main uh advertiser you hear every single every, between every single inning is uh, the national air traffic controllers association <laughs> what the national union and they i mean they you hear their name natka we we guard you home <laughs> you, you hear them you hear them about 10 times per game maybe 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 more like every single game and that's been for 
several years now and you can only imagine that like the president of the union is just like a gigantic nationals fan <laughs> and he's like i want all of my marketing budget all of the marketing budget well boss should we diversify around a few t- no 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 <laughs> it's a when I say all, I mean all of the budget. It's incredible. Every, every game, a dozen times minimum. I know more about the National Air Traffic Controllers Association than I know about <laughs> the SEIU. I mean, it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And I'd much rather have them than uh, my pillow guy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so confused. Why? What do they, they need to advertise for? I mean, are they worried about that? Like the ghost, ghost of Ronald Reagan's going to come back and break him up again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't, I don't I don't know. I mean, you get a lot of weird advertising in in Washington D.C. Like the the subway uh, in D.C. is plastered with sure. advertising for like warplanes. Yeah, <laughs> your, your average your average commuter on the metro doesn't need to take a view of warplanes. Like in in London Underground, it's like you know realtors and fast food outlets and whatever else. In D.C., it's like yeah, warplanes and war. <laughs> I actually saw advertising about how good some company's uh, battleship production was. Like, we're the best at building battleships. And it's not like Hasbro. I'm gonna write this down. I need to write this down in case in in ten years' time, when I've got my act together and I've got my finances under control, and you know I've been able to sort the house out. The next thing I want to buy is a battleship, <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll have to come back for these people. So I get, I, I assume it's something to do with like their federal lobbying situation, but it just it's just an incredible. Like, I mean, this is the thing. Like the um the cost of a an executive suite um in City Field is much cheaper than at the Nationals. I was really shocked by that because I um. Uh, when I was leaving New York, uh, I managed to persuade a lot of friends to club together with me, and we rented a, a suite for a Nationals-Mets game. It was incredible. I mean, it's not really worth the money, but it was, <laughs> as a one-off, really incredible. And the first year I lived in England, when I was planning a trip to D.C. to watch a game, I thought, oh, I'd, you know, why don't I do that again? It's like a one, the only game I'm going to see all year. I'll see how much a suite is at the Nationals. And it is more than double what oh, it is wow. at City Field. More than double. Wow. And maybe that's because, you know, the Nationals have been really good recently and the Mets haven't. I, but I think it's mainly to do with for how much lobbying money there is. And I can only imagine that that's where NATCA, <laughs> that's where the NATCA strategy is. It's either that or the president's a giant Nationals fan. But it's definitely not my pillow. <laughs> never tried, I've never tried MyPillow.com and now I never will. Um <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I'd never really been aware of this. This this whole this whole situation with the guy trying to ferment uh, a coup against the constitution has been incredible for their brand recognition. Right. Like, I really, I'm very, very aware of this company now. I'm not planning to buy a pillow from them though. No, and I'm in the market. To buy, I I was just thinking the other day. I you know, I, when was the last time I bought a pillow? I feel like you should buy a pillow more often than every ten years, right? I feel like you use it every day. I, you know, and and yeah. this, it's the first year they had um, advertising with on the baseball games. I was actually intrigued because I was like, you know, this is right on the time that like Casper was advertising with our program and a lot of other podcasts, and they, you know, they were the 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 hot shit. And I was like, you know what, pillows, pillows are even more important than than mattresses. I think. Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm laughing because uh, I. Mary insisted that we buy 
really good pillows last year and yeah. i thought it was ridiculous waste of money on <laughs> pillows and i'm now a convert so if there are any british listeners uh listening to this podcast i can strongly recommend john lewis uh their their memory <laughs> pillows i don't have a good night's sleep because i have two young children and a quite fairly stressful job but the, it's not because of the pillow <laughs> it's not because of the pillow. john lewis is actually pretty important over here too um um uh, <laughs> uh, both both changed the world <laughs> yeah I, I forgot about that it's a weird situation like one of the main department stores it's like the british version version of um uh not macy's macy's is a bit down market compared to john lewis what's the next one up from macy's um like bloomingdale's nordstrom's nordstrom mm. or like uh bloomingdale's yeah or uh, uh Saks fifth avenue yeah, maybe maybe Nordstrom. No, more Nordstrom is more like Marks and Spencers. This is this is a phenomenal. This is a phenomenally niche. You you can tell the hot stove is really boiling over. This is this is great content for anyone who has lived significant periods of time in both of our countries. Everyone else thinks uh, they're reaching for the delete button on the podcast now. Uh, let, let's keep let's keep going. We want to. One of the things I want to talk about um, that uh, kind of comes on from. You know, what you're saying with the strategy, the cutting the 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 the, the wage bill uh, without really knowing what to do next is just you know it's happening in Cleveland. It's been happening in Baltimore for a few years. The Cubs have just had an absolute unbelievable off season where they've um, they've shipped uh, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, the Nationals picked up. Um, Nationals also just picked up John Lester. A whole range of other uh, marquee players. Uh, uh, leaving, and no Darvish. real plan to no real plan to uh, replace them. Just just cutting the wage bill, and it seems to me that you know with Biden in now and 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 a much more activist uh, Congress um, since the Democrats took the Senate, it, it seems like as part of this relief package that we're looking at um, for for the country, Americans are, are, are around the country getting their stimulus checks and 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 getting uh, the help that they need to get through this crisis. What about baseball teams? It's true. Why are baseball teams getting the money that they need to get through this crisis? I looked this up before um, before we came on air, and the the Cubs franchise. I mean, it's really shocking. I mean, this is a this is a, a worrying situation for the Ricketts family. Uh, the Cubs franchise is only worth $3.2 billion. Oh, my. $3.2 billion. That's they, I mean, that is poverty level. Yeah. It's awful. The Orioles are worth $1.4 billion, and Cleveland are, are worth a mere $1.1 billion. There's only one team in the whole of the MLB who's worth uh, less than a billion dollars. Who is it? The Tampa Bay Rays. No, the Marlins. No, Marlins. Yeah. The Marlins. The Tampa Bay Rays are, are worth $1.01 billion. The, <laughs> the Marlins are worth $920 million. Wow. Um, I'm, trying, I'm looking <laughs> up right now. What, crazy. what did the Dolans buy at the Cleveland Baseball Club for? Uh, let's see here. The price. Oh, uh, $323 million. <laughs> So they have so only made only made eight hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's just awful. You just have to really, really 
Yeah, thoughts feel... and prayers. Thoughts I mean, the, the thing is, like, I, I do think that they've um, lost a lot of profit. Like, I, do, I, I think that without butts and seats, I think they're losing a lot of profit. Um, they may have projected a lot more profit for this, this, the last season and, and probably this upcoming season. And they're, they're, but I don't believe for a minute they're losing money, that these teams are a loss, operating a loss. Because why would you own a, I mean, and, and that, you know, take, take the money piece aside. Uh, baseball is not, it shouldn't be. Owning a baseball team should not be the thing you do to, 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 um, you know, just get richer and richer and richer and richer. Like it shouldn't be a, um, an economic play that uh, will like pad your, you know, the the incentive is to own a, a team because you love baseball, <laughs> and you and owning a team there's only there's only thirty owners in the in the world or, or thirty owners in the yeah and I guess in the world major league baseball, um, and that's that's the incentive. It's to to be uh, be part of something you love, um, and that doesn't seem to be. Uh, what's driving a lot of ownership these days? It seems like they're and it seems like they're winning this narrative, which is like, or, or getting a lot of help from the media um, that they uh, can't afford. You know, take Brad Hand, who signed with the Nationals, former Cleveland player. Um, he was a, he had a, an option for ten million dollars, and the Clevelands before they um, designated him for assignment didn't or didn't pick up his option. Uh, offered him up to put him on waivers and offered him up to any team to take him at $10 million and no one took him. Um, now you all ended up paying $10.5 million, <laughs> which I, I'm sure, it, you know, some, it's about the same. I'm sure. Um, kind of funny. It's the same when you, you probably deferred some of the money, but I'm sure that he, he said to his agent, I am, I am fucking not signing with anyone for less than 10 point. Ten million and five dollars minimum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like honestly, like that's a that's to me that's a very um, like it, he he was one of the league leaders in saves last year, and he you know he there were some warning signs about some of his peripherals, but he was a really good pitcher last year in Cleveland. And I, if I was a, if I was a Nationals fan, um, I'd be pretty excited about having him in our bullpen. Um, I, I don't I I mean. Spending ten million dollars on a relief pitcher is probably never a good idea for for people who are cutting costs. But the Nationals don't really have to do that, and I, I like that the Nationals are op- seem to be operating under a, a world where, uh, you know, the things that I know are real are real. <laughs> you know, we they are a good franchise. They make money, um, and they spend a decent amount of money comparatively. Yeah, so. I mean, they. I think a lot of Nationals fans are very. Uh, warm on the learners um they they have basically spent at the salary cap for the last however long they went over the salary cap for a couple of years um but honestly i think that if you if you want to be a baseball owner and you're a billionaire Mm -hmm. and your franchises are increasing in value year on year on year on year so you can cash out anytime you want the salary cap should kind of be a, a floor as well as a ceiling you know, I mean, the, the, the amount of money that the teams are getting in through TV, I know it's different in uh, different markets with how much money's coming in, how much how much the fans are spending. Um, DC's a fairly major media market and, you know, Kansas isn't, Kansas City isn't. But, you know, I, I just think these teams are worth so much that 
spending 50 million on payroll in a, in a season is just that, that I just don't think that should be allowed. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, it because I think that we what we know about what they make in a year just from revenue sharing should should eclipse that. Um, not and that's not that's on top of the 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 TV the the local TV revenue which is lower in Cleveland than it is in New York, but um, it's still significant and it, it, it's just like it, there's no good explanation. How's this? If they're going to take payroll from 130 million dollars down to 50 million dollars in a three-year period, I'd like to understand. I'd like to. I'd like them to explain it to me. Um, and it can't be, oh well, we we're just losing money because of the pandemic. Well, but you started cutting payroll way before the pandemic happened, and that's not entirely what's happening here. Um, and and other teams that are similar size markets aren't cutting their payroll <laughs> by two thirds. So. Tell me, you know, I it, it, I just feel like, and I, I should say, Cleveland is not by any means alone on this. Um, as you said, the Cubs are cutting payroll dramatically, which is insane because not only did they win a World Series and made a ton of money in 2016, 2017, but uh, they have built a, a, you know, essentially a, uh, a Disneyland around Wrigley Field. It's been a while since you've been to Wrigley, but they have completely developed all of Wrigley. There's a hotel go, going in. It might be open. Um, it's all of that surrounding area is it's really nice um and i'm sure is making the Nats, the, the cubs owners a lot of money but but yeah. the thing is they don't have to count that against the team revenue that's just rickett's money right? right that's just play money that they get to go spend on right wing politics but yeah i mean i, I mean i i i and honestly i the thing that frustrates me the frustrates me the most is that i think the front office in cleveland is very good at things um, and I, it frustrates me that they're not good at this. They're not good at the, like, talk to us like we're adults. Give us a sense that you, there is a plan. Cause I know there's a plan and maybe there's just, there's no good answer that fans are going to like. It's that, oh yeah, we're going to save money right now because we know we're not going to be able to compete with the White Sox and twins for the, this season. But you know what? Maybe in a season or two, we'll be back. And that's what we're, that's what we're aiming for. And we're going to spend that money then that, that tell me that I, cause that, that is something that gives me. I understand that, and I'm not, you know, as a baseball fan. And let's be honest: in Cleveland, the the Cleveland football team suddenly is good, which is insane. I mean, that no one saw that coming. So we, this is a moment where they could take the a foot off the the gas pedal and say, like, hey, we're gonna regroup here and figure this out. We, we should be back in a year or two. But uh, come on down to the ballpark once things are safe, and um, we'll still still enjoy a hot dog and put a good product on the field, and you'll still have fun. We'll have the the pink mascot, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like that it's a messaging problem more than anything else. And, uh, and I don't buy, and I think most fans don't buy the, the ownerships, the ownership crying poor thing. So. Yeah. Baseball is still fun. Even if you're not like in with a chance of winning the league, uh, winning the, winning the whole thing. It just, it's the bullshit that yes. is great. I, you know, don't sell us a, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and the, it's kind of the Pirates have it the worst, right? They're, they, they, their ownership it seems to be not even putting a competitive team on the field, paying for anybody's real salaries, and also um, don't they seem to be making a lot of money and and not apologizing for it really. Um, so I, at they, least we're they, not the Pirates. They made Josh, they, 
they made Josh Bell the face of the franchise <laughs> last season or the season before. I'm not sure. And then they they traded him to the Nationals in the off season uh, for for really not very much. No, I, mean, I know. It was kind of a nuts, uh, kind of a nuts deal. Either he is actually garbage or the Pirates' ownership are garbage. Maybe both. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but it, yeah, it's it's the it's the fact that there's there's no, um, you know, one of the things that, you know. Uh, last season, Norwich got relegated from the EPL. Hmm. Uh, they came; la- it was it was our worst ever season in the EPL, and there was at no point any real serious uh, complaints about the ownership or the the head coach or the players uh, from the fans. There was some grumbling, and people were were kind of ticked off. But there was, you know, it was no serious. None of the fan groups, none of the local media, no one was saying the coach should lose his job or this was a big mistake or anything else it was okay we'll go again because over the last few years you know the ownership are local the the uh head the sporting director and the head coach we had come in uh three years ago uh, have been incredibly transparent saying we are going to try and do this in this way we think we can do this we're not going to be able to do this they've been really honest in good and bad and it formed a connection and you know so last season no one was no one was kind of like oh this is awful what what are you doing we knew what they were doing right. we knew why it happened right and um you know it's not like the we're all buddy buddy best mates we know they're the owners and they're making money and you know it's but it's a it's a it's a it's a good as a relationship can get and there just isn't very much of that in in baseball and no. that, that kind of sucks and i think you know to the extent that it's possible the learner family uh have done that a little bit with the nationals like they they actually take the time to explain things and like you know it's not nothing nowhere near good enough but um it's, it's pretty decent so should we uh should we well, let's wrap let's wrap up the rest of the uh the bits and pieces we've seen well let's take a just do a quick word from our sponsor and then come back and finish the episode okay. again this episode of battery mates is brought to you by the cactus league mayor's association which would like to remind everyone about the pandemic that is still infecting 5,000 people every day in arizona alone It'd be ever so kind of all you major leaguers if you would agree to start the season a little later so as not to bring thousands of people to our state in the middle of all this and, you know what, by the way, saving your employers some cash. We all know they could use the help. We do look forward to seeing you all once it's a little safer and vaccinated around these parts. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, just, everyone's just ignoring this. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll see you all double-masked in a few weeks. God help us all. It's good to get a bit of public health money uh, into the podcast. <laughs> we've, um, we know there's a lot of that money sloshing around. We've all seen the adverts on the the bus stops and uh, billboards. So yeah. um, very, very good to get some of that cash in. I'm wearing multiple masks um, on every part of my body, like like hands, feet. Um, it's, quite, it's quite comfortable, honestly. Um, uh, I, I'm not currently wearing a mask, but I do want to say that... Um, I've I just last week received the best baseball card I've ever ever got. A complete surprise! A friend of Mary's from her previous job in in the U.S. Uh, sent her a Christmas card that arrived very late because USPS is a <laughs> garbage fire at the moment. And uh, he'd included an Anthony Fauci Washington Nationals baseball card, which they are really rare. And he he was just like, oh, I I. I got given this and I think Matthew's a Nationals fan so I thought I'd send it over just in case <laughs> like wow that's yeah. incredibly kind 
Um, and I I checked because I I tweeted about it and someone was like, wow, they're 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 really rare. And I and I checked and they're going for like fifty bucks. On, really? On eBay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fifty bucks is nowhere. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to keep it. Obviously, I'm going to keep it. But like, fifty dollars for a baseball card is uh, is a lot. That's not. That's not nothing. That's not t- nothing. This is so this is part was of. A, oh, go ahead. I was going to say there was a bit of confusion when I tweeted about it because um, I said, uh, you know, look what I got in the post today, and a lot of my Nationals followers, friends were like, <laughs> wait today's post in today's post. Oh, I'm going to get. Out. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I meant the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Which is even more confusing because there's a British newspaper called the Daily Mail. Um, so um, some of my British followers are then confused. So it was a whole thing. It made a lot of American followers ornery. Um, but <laughs> uh, so this is part of like uh, Tops. Tops has a new. Tops is the major baseball card company for those of you who are, who are not baseball card collectors. Um, and they have a, 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 a I guess a a line. That started this year, a couple years ago, called Tops Now, where they put out a new baseball card or a couple of baseball cards every day based on what happened that day. Um, and they did one; they did they, they did them for the inauguration too. And I didn't see it in time, but um, they had the Bernie, the Bernie Sanders sitting by himself with the mittens. <laughs> that is the single largest print. So it, it's made to order. So you have to put you have to like claim one. It costs I think they cost fifteen or twenty bucks. Um, and they'll ship it to you and, and they print however many are requested. And so we have uh, to request it within a certain, I think it's time th- 24 or 48 hours. Yeah. And so it's kind of, a, it's a neat thing, um, to keep it kind of condensed and it, keep it limited in terms of, of print run. But the Bernie Sanders card is the single largest print card of tops now in, in, in the program's history, which is maybe two or three years old, but it's not a baseball player. It's not. It's, and it was like That's seventy cool. some thousand made. Um, which, which team? Which team did they put him down as? I don't think they put him down as a team. I don't know. I I go look at it again. But um, and Amanda Gorman, the poet, fourteen thousand yeah. cards of hers printed. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Pretty great. The, the, Fauci, the Fauci card is is um is like is done as if he's a Nationals player. So it's got like the team logo on the front <laughs> and on the back. It's got like Anthony Fauci, Washington Nationals. I mean, he's a giant Nationals fan, hmm. and the picture is when he threw out the first pitch uh, at Nationals Park. One of the worst first pitches that <laughs> yeah. anyone has has ever thrown. Um, so you want to so, talk about some other baseball stuff? Well, I, I wanted to talk about the Anthony Fauci uh, situation and, and um, uh, the, the the other thing that uh, related to that that's, that's kind of cropping up, um, our good friend Aaron Lindsay uh, tweeted about this at the Red Sox. I'd love to know if other, other teams are doing this as well, but at the Red Sox, you can uh, get your, your vaccine um, in the uh, entry level bars. So they've got, you know, you go into like the bar and they've got the, because they've got a queuing system, you know, you go into a stadium and they've got like rails set mm-hmm. up for queuing for, for the line. Right. So they're using that for people to get vaccinated. So you, you go in and you get in line like you would going up to get a beer and they've on the counter, it's all like um, sanitized and you just, you put your arm down where usually they would give you a hot dog and they, <laughs> they, 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 they give you the vaccine. I don't know if you have to pay twenty two dollars in tax to uh, <laughs> to get it done and show your show your ID, but um, it looks. They cut so it off at the seventh inning because <laughs> he got like 
<laughs> like the giant Sam Adams signs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then instead of the like bar staff stood in front, we've got like RNs in their <laughs> in their scrubs. It's like the weirdest thing ever. Imagine going into a game and you're like, I'm just gonna get a beer. You go to the wrong bar and they, instead of a couple of Bud Lights, you get a vaccination. I'd <laughs> I mean, take I, that. I would I'd take, take that in a heart. My, my mom just got her first dose last weekend and at the Carolina like Motor Speedway, um, which is like, yeah, they're setting up some major vaccine distribution centers, which is great. I, I, honestly, great news. It, I don't know if you're following this, and I don't know how, what it's like in. In England, but it's it is one hundred percent a shit show here, um, with in terms of like getting people vaccinated. You know. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, the the Tories have managed to you know throw enough shit at the wall and get one thing right. The vaccination program in the UK is is going really well, and it seems to be managed quite successfully. In that you know we have a centralised healthcare system, like the NHS is <laughs> the only healthcare system in the whole country, and. Um, you know, so it's 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 been very controlled. Uh, there's, it's very hard to queue jump. There has been some uh, uh, cutting in line, but not very much. And and like to the point where like if there's an instance of somebody cutting in line, that's news. Like <laughs> the newspapers are reporting on the one the one time they found it. So um, yeah, my my mom is getting vaccinated on Monday. My sister uh, works in a hospice, so she uh, with with people who are. Um, dying with covid and so she she got vaccinated very early in the in, in the process and um they all they all got that done very very early uh, uh sorry it's all done in a very very organized way but in the same way that is in the u.s they do have like really random places where you can go like the, the way that they're setting up in all kinds of different places my favorite one is salisbury cathedral it's a massive cathedral built in like 1300s or something like that and uh, you know for those of you who have ever been to church you when it comes to communion time you kind of file out of your pews <laughs> into the central bit and you walk down and it's just like that the whole system system is set up you go in and you get assigned a seat to go and wait and you go and sit in the pew and then when you're called up you walk into the middle bit and instead of getting like a wafer and some wine you're getting an injection <laughs> yeah I'd probably still cross myself and genuflect, but, um, <laughs> but for slightly different reasons. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so I mean, I'd love, I love baseball getting involved in this. I know that base, uh, some basketball um, arenas have have got involved. I mean, the 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 flow of big crowds in an organised way makes sports uh, outlets ideal for that, don't they? Yeah, and they, you know, ba- baseball has ruled or issued the ruling that um, they're not going to require teams to or they're not going to require teams to require uh vaccinations or you know uh it, it, to, to actually enter um or be in the seats this season it's going to be up to the teams but i think it's also that also means it's going to be up to the localities right so you know it seems like uh if you had a san francisco for instance that was like yeah you, you can open up the stadium but no one's allowed in unless you've been vaccinated. That seems like it's that that's open to it's their jurisdiction. I imagine. Um, the other piece of this is it's going to be obvious that baseball players are going to get vaccinated before they're going to be able to jump the line. Right. Um, will, will they do it? Will they do it and do it publicly? Like Elvis getting the polio shot? Like, are they going to make it a <laughs> public relations campaign? Cause that would be, I would be down with that. Cause a lot of baseball fans probably aren't, planning to get the vaccine 
Yeah, that's that's the difficult thing. I mean, there was a lot of this stuff when members of Congress were getting their shots. Um, and some people, you know, it is slightly different when you've got like anti-lockdown uh, maniac Republicans getting their, their COVID shot before before <laughs> everyone else. And that does suck. But, you know, role modeling this situation yes. is really important. And people look up to baseball players and, it, you know, it is hard to justify that a multimillionaire baseball player gets an injection before a bus driver who are like they are vulnerable key workers are vulnerable but at the same time getting up to 70 75 percent vaccination levels is vital for everyone because until the until we have uh levels of vaccination that high we're all still vulnerable yeah so it, it you know it kind of does make sense but you know I, I, i'm 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 game for that as part of a package you know only if um money is going in to continue to protect people from evictions to to protect people who have to isolate and can't work uh, i'm only up for that if the the, the you know the two thousand dollar checks keep coming basically yeah. Yeah. you know it's, it's it's part of a package I'm, I'm up for baseball players getting it early for that role modeling and frankly i do think that sports has a role to play in you know the well-being of the country like yep. life sucks at the moment and being able to watch baseball does make a difference being able to watch football makes a difference so yep. i'm up for it but only as part of a, a broader package well they they've so i don't know if this is actually gonna be a segment on our program but i have a segment on our notes called manfred watch and um it, there's been two things we you know our, our um the word from our sponsor kind of alluded to um well i think it was part probably part of the the deal with Major League Baseball behind the scenes pressuring the Cactus League mayors to send a letter to teams asking them to delay the start of spring training, which had already been um, uh, decided that was not going to happen, <laughs> um, just to put pressure on Major League Baseball players uh, who uh, don't want to delay the season and owners do want to delay the season because they want to not pay players. Um, but it's not for health reasons that they want to delay the season, to be clear. It is because they, they know they're not going to be on butts in the seats in April, May, um, and they want to, you know, keep the number of games to a minimum uh, or to at least focus on the times when we're going to have fans in the, in the stands. Um, so there's that bit of uh, bullshittery going on. But there's also the um, announcement or, I guess, pseudo-decision that long time coming, there's doesn't look like we're going to have a deal for expanded playoffs or universal DH this season, um, which I think we both can agree is a good thing, right? Yeah, we can agree that's a good thing, but um, I think it's a one season holdout only for the CBA. Right. I mean, the, the baseball, the, it seems like the owners went to the players and were like, hey, you you want the universal DH. We want the expanded playoffs. Easy, easy trade. And the players were like, rightly so. No, <laughs> we're, Universal DH is something we like and we would like to have, but by no means does it make um, make us millions and millions of dollars like expanded playoffs do for you. So um, I'm glad they they held their ground, but it does seem like we're gonna <laughs> we're heading toward both of those things being in in the the, C, the new CBA. Yeah, both those things will be in the new CBA, and the players will get a lot for it. Like the owners want a universal DH as well. Yeah, it's right. Just such a bad, such a bad offer. Right. Hey, here's two things that we want. One of which you want too. <laughs> hey, good deal. Good deal. <laughs> so I think we will get both of those at some point. I'm kind of 
I'm increasingly just resigned to the universal DH. I think it sucks, but it's not something I particularly want to die in a ditch over. I will go on and on about it, um, like any good National League fan. Um, but it's not it's not the end of the world. I I I do I am worried about expanded playoffs because um, I already think that the like the regular season. I think the regular season could just become a bit of a joke. Yeah. So we've talked about this before. Uh, if you expand the playoffs, I think you need to shorten the regular season and to lengthen the series, um, uh, length of series that are played in the in the in the postseason. Otherwise, it's just a shambles. You know, it's you the NBA. A, at that uh, point. Yeah, 162 games and then like a one a series of one game playoffs for like half of the postseason i mean it just it just would be so dumb yeah so i don't mind i don't mind expanding the playoffs but it has to come it has to come with um you know uh, uh, i think if you're going to expand the playoffs make room for uh minimum five game uh wild card rounds and uh much longer seven nine game nlds and world series I think baseball got so lucky this season that there weren't any major upsets. Um, like the, 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 the one seeds played in the World Series, um, which is it's not likely to happen again <laughs> if they expand, if they expand right. playoffs. Uh, the, the chances My that worry... a one seed could get knocked off in a, in a three-game series is so so high that... It's so high. It's unfairly it's high. A, it's a crapshoot at that yeah. point. It's, yeah. it's stupid. My worry is that... Um, games games elimination games get so much interest yes and 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 su- such high ratings that all of the people who want to make loads of money out of baseball and don't care about the sport that much just think well elim- everyone likes elimination games why don't we have more of them and like number one that's that's not what people that's dumb because <laughs> it, <laughs> because it, it just then turns the whole thing into a crapshoot and number two, people like elimination games because they're the culmination of something. Yes. Like they're exciting in themselves, but they're also exciting because they're the culmination of something. It's like saying, well, everyone loves a penalty shootout at the World Cup, at the Soccer World Cup. Why don't we just get <laughs> rid of the 90 minutes worth of game and just have a World Cup of penalty shootouts? That's exactly right. That's not that's not that's not what's exciting about it <laughs> just make so, the whole thing's home I, run derby you know <laughs> just make the yeah exactly exactly i i really i worry i worry that they're focused on the the like the tip of the iceberg bit it's like well let's just have tips of icebergs now let's let's get rid of the rest of the iceberg <laughs> like, no that's not that's not how icebergs work <laughs> well um so we are moving, you know, two weeks away from a little more than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers, and uh, I, I guess like it, it doesn't seem like we have we're, we're, neither of us is really, uh, you know, counting down the days, um, waiting on pins and needles here for the season to begin. But do you have any advice for Battery Mates Nation as they as they enter into this this pretty odd preseason that we're about to? It's a weird preseason because no one's quite sure it's going to happen. No one can, you know, pretty sure we're not going to be able to go to any games. I definitely won't be able to go to any games because, <laughs> like, international travel is incredibly hard. Um, and, you know, it, it's also like 
there's really bad shit going on in the world so it feels weird to get too too excited about about it um but I, I do think there's like there's a whole range of really interesting storylines around around the league the national league east in particular is just absolutely stacked i mean four teams minimum uh who could be really 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 good this this season um so there's i yeah you know, I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it but i don't have i'm not counting down the days in the way that we would in previous years i'm i'm, I'm gonna be really glad when baseball starts again but it's not like I can't wait and I'm really looking forward to being there on opening day or like know when my first game is going to be because none of that is none of that is possible this year and it's going to yeah. be a, a weird season. Yeah. I'm just going to be glad when uh, when there's baseball to watch. I'm really hoping to be able to go to a game this season, be- not because I um, will have uh, jumped the line and uh, or broken into a stadium and <laughs> watching it behind some cardboard cutouts. I, I-, I want to watch a game because things have been better and things are people are vaccinated and we can all go back to um expanding things uh standing back to normal life um but i think in, in terms of you know how i would if i was the rest of battle race nation trying to like wrap my head around how to deal with the next couple of weeks you know i think just like the players you know show up show up to show up when you need to show up you know um take all the precautions you know take your ground ball practice um you know, take your your cuts in the in the cage, and and in the, when you're in the outfield, you know, shag those balls. I think. Shag those balls, right? Shag those balls. Yeah, Just do it. Uh, we all need to live by that. We yeah. all need to live by that. Take your take your cuts and shag those balls, right? <sighs> shag those balls. <laughs> <laughs>